And let's pray together. Would you do that right now? I'll stand with you. Amen. Hallelujah. Father God, right now we just thank you for your word. We thank you, Lord, that your word is real and it's alive to us. And Lord, in your word is the truth. And it's the truth that sets us free. And Lord, we just thank you for this word. It's precious. It's holy. And we just partake of it this morning. We thank you, Lord, that you speak to us today. Now pray with me. Say it with me. Say, Heavenly Father, in the name of Jesus, I open my heart, I open my ears, and I expect you to speak to me and minister to me right where I am. My heart is ready and my ears are open to what you have for me right now in Jesus' name. And Lord, we just thank you for this word. We give you all the praise in Jesus' name. Everybody shouted, amen. amen. Give your neighbor a high five and you can be seated. Amen. Amen. Miss Jerry, I'm going to say you're the head usher today. Is that okay? <laughs> Towards the end, I'm going to hand out a paper for everybody. Not now. I don't want them hearing this except for me first. Amen. <laughs> Amen. Well, we started this series on, uh, oh, and when you leave today, you're on the mission field, okay? Amen. We started this series today um, uh, a couple of Sundays ago about uh, the benefits, and that's why I call it What a Wonderful Place. And uh, the place we are in Christ is powerful, isn't it? Uh, you know, when you're born again, you had a blood transfusion. How many of you know that? Amen. You were washed by his blood. And you know what? Uh, I love what Mark Hankins says in his book, The Bloodline of a Champion. You know, horses, when they're bred, uh, they want to pay big dollars, like millions of dollars, for the stud service from the, uh, a winning horse, right? They pay big money for that. And uh, the breeder can say, well, they're the bloodline of a champion. Well, I want you to know, this, know something today. Jesus' blood, who? He made you in the bloodline of a champion. Can you shout amen? amen? You're not without, but you're with power. You're with glory. You're with, with Him. Amen. And it's important that we abide in Him, that we're doers of the Word and not hearers only. And we shared with you uh, several scriptures, and I'm just going to, I'm not going to read these right now. I encourage you to go back and look at them with your handout from last Sunday. But Ephesians 1, 4 through 7 in the Amplified and then also, uh, 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 the other verse was Ephesians chapter 2. Is it, am I seeing that right? Ephesians chapter 2 and verse 10 from the Amplified. It says, for we are God's own handiwork, his workmanship, recreated in Christ Jesus, born anew, that we may do those good works which God predestined, planned beforehand for us to, to take these paths, is what he's saying. He, he arranged everything so that we could walk in this if we so choose to. And... Uh, taking paths that he prepared ahead of time that we, could, we, we should walk in them. And I love it in parentheses here, and it's a good representation of the Greek. Living the good life, which he prearranged and made ready for you and for me to live and walk in. Can you shout amen? amen. He did that for you. Amen. Well, today I want to talk to you about a wonderful place. This is actually where I wanted to start this series and do it for several weeks. But we're going to do it now. And I'm going to talk to you about heaven. Everybody say heaven. heaven. In fact, say that with me. Heaven is not a dream. Say it again. Heaven is not a dream. You know, these last couple of years have been some of the most uh, difficult 
times of pastoring that I have ever experienced in my life. And, um, uh, you know, when Jane had her stroke, I was going to fly to Texas and be with her and encourage her. Um, and then it worked out where a few of us were able to work out a deal with the air ambulance service and fly her to Memphis. And it was a big deal. And uh, going to uh, the hospital and the nursing home, various different times, different places, sometimes every week I would go, but sometimes two, three times a week I would go. And you know when you uh, uh, invest yourself in someone that's special to you, uh, we had a very good relationship. We talked about anything and everybody and anything. And uh, uh, we shared a lot about the word constantly. We, you know, and I, if I was honest, Jane was like a mom. After our mom died, she really came into my life in a strong way. She would critique me after church. She, <laughs> she would correct my grammar many times. My wife does that too, by the way. So give praise to Melissa for correcting my grammar. This yes, amen. And... Uh, um, <clears throat> When I started having all these problems I have had to deal with, with my, uh, I was about to lose uh, um, function if, if things had been left alone. And, um, and the, got in the right place. She was such an encouragement to me. And uh, uh, even with the other thing that was going on, she knew about that. And it was just really an encouragement. And I, sp I spent my time encouraging her. Well, she, she passed away, and, and that was hard. And... Uh, and then, then our father passed away, um, and that was hard. Um, uh, on top of uh, just everyday stuff you have to deal with, but that, that was hard. And uh, driving back and forth to Knoxville that many of you did or didn't know about, having to do things I had never done before, like help build steps and all the different things. I mean, it was emotional. It was tough. Having your father <laughs> shake and cry after you hook up his heart monitor and set the cell phone that he has to, so they can send signals to the cardiologist. And then he's telling me things in his bedroom that he wanted all of us to have. And you're the oldest and you get to sit there and listen to all that and keep your emotions in check. That's not easy at all. But I'll tell you, for a five and a half hour drive from Knoxville, six hours if I stop, uh, you know, I had my crying spell. But, you know, when he was at UT and, he, and, uh, and I knew this was it, we had a wonderful time talking. He talked about seeing angels in the room. He talked a lot about uh, he, he sees that there's people beyond this veil. And that was powerful to me. And he asked, uh, he asked me how would he know when it's time to go. And I told him my story about seeing Jesus. He said, well, how can I do that? I said, I promise you. When that feeling comes over your flesh, you're going to know. And if you just let go, you'll fly. And he listened to the story. His eyes were big as silver dollars. And he shook his head. And he told us how much he loved us. He told Pastor Matthew. He told me. My brother David and him spent long time, a long time together. Many of you have never met our brother David. Um, but it was sweet. But I got to tell you, Pastor David passing away, uh, um, we've been close for many years. His daughter Anna, uh, five years ago, died of liver cancer, his, their only child. Uh, Tammy's mom died a little bit after that. And now this has happened. And they've been close to us. David's been like a best friend for a long, long time. 
And um, he believed in us so much. He, Tammy, they called in the middle of blue and said, I want you to run the camp because nobody will do it like you. And I said, I haven't done that in 20 years. He goes, no, we believe in you. You can do it. All right. So we did, we've been doing that. That's been good. He asked us, I got a phone call from Doug Jones, who's the head of RMAI uh, for a national director. And Doug said, uh, I need you to be a state district director. Would you do that? And I said, sure. And, uh, but that was by Pastor David's recommendation. And that's sweet. And uh, there's been a few other people that I've known that have passed away. And I know many of you have had people pass away in your life. But I just felt impressed that uh, when I started thinking about the title, it's a, a wonderful place, dot, 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 and then it's good to know the benefits of what we have, but I, today I want to start sharing with you about the ultimate benefit that you have. And if you're born again, you've been washed by the blood, and you've got your ticket punched so you can get on that train to heaven. Amen. So are you ready for this today? I hope so. I'm going to give you the word not lunatic crazy things that some people want to preach and say, but what the scriptures actually say. The Bible says add nothing to this gospel. Amen. So eat the hay, spit out the sticks from other people that you've heard about. But hear what the word says today in the next message. It'll help you, okay? All right. All right, let's go. Now, faith, I'm going to look at my notes a lot, not look at you too much because I don't want to take too long today because I have... I have Four pages here. Uh, I usually only have one and a half. <laughs> so here we go. Facing de the death of a friend or a loved one is always a challenging time. Can you say amen? And there's usually a, a very mixed set of emotions we deal with. There is sadness that a person is no longer with us. But there's also that joy that that person that we're close to is in heaven. And there is also sorrow, sorrow that a chapter in our lives, and I don't know any way to say it, but like a page of history has been turned, and that this chapter called Our Fleshly Existence is Closed. You'll never live in that body you got right now again. Because when you get the new body, it's a new body. Come on. But there comes that time where we have a transition, if you would. That chapter's closed. That loved one and, uh, that means so much to us, their chapter's closed. And that someone very significant with, uh, to us will be a memory to us for a time till we see them again. I like saying, and I heard it from Trudy Blunt, they're no longer in your past, they are in your future. And you ought to remember that when somebody dies and not sit and dwell on something that really doesn't matter in this life because if they talk to you right now, they would not come back at all. They'd want you to live life and be happy because what you do in this life has direct bearing on what you do in the next life with the Lord in the millennial reign of Christ. There's a lot that we don't know or comprehend, but the scriptures do Give us inkling into all the good things that will happen. Can you shout amen? amen? See, you know, there can be a sense of relief and release that we know that we know that we know that someone we care about will not have to suffer or experience the pain and discomfort that life can bring. I've always believed tears, it's okay to cry. 
How many of you know the Holy Ghost Christ? Did you know that? He's a person, not an it. Uh, he has a personality. You can study through the, the, through the New Testament. He laughs. He cries. You can hurt the Spirit of God. Uh, uh, there's so many different aspects. He searches things, which means the Spirit of the Holy Ghost has a mind. He searches things. He operates in the mind of Christ, the mind of God, right? Jesus told the disciples, somebody's coming after me. He'll be uh, the word comforter when you study it out. The only word comes close is the German word doppelganger, which means an exact duplicate or a carbon copy of who Christ is. And Jesus said, he'll only speak of me and nobody else. So we've got to make sure we're hooked up to the Holy Ghost every day, that we listen to him. And you know, uh, tears... I believe God created tears in our lives. It's, it's really, you know, how many of you know what a pressure cooker is? And uh, we have one, you can put a can of uh, uh, a sweet condensed milk in a pressure cooker and you, uh, let it cook for I don't know how long, 10 minutes. And you pop that thing open, you let it cool, because you sure don't want to touch it. <laughs> but you can take it and with your spatula, po uh, pull out the best caramel pie you've ever ate in your life once you spread it in that pie shell. In fact, I think Eagle Brand has a chocolate sweetened condensed milk. And you talk about a chocolate pie that'll make your socks roll down. That, that's one. Amen. But there's a sweetness about things. You know, it's okay to cry. It's okay to grieve. So understand that today. Your tears are God's safety valve, like that bouncy thing on top of the pressure cooker. It's okay to cry. Jesus cried. Shortest verse we have in the Bible was Jesus what? wept. He openly boohooed. So I say all these things because all of these and countless other emotions can be very strong during times like this. Uh, weirdest things uh, after going through different people lately that have been closest, the smallest things make me cry. And it's a relief valve is what it is. Just watching certain movies. I mean, we were watching a detective show, and they got the one heartwarming moment, and I'm over here <laughs> trying not to boohoo about it. But it's just, it's, the, it's, your, it's God's way of letting you release. Come on, that's good preaching. Amen. Amen. Nothing wrong with crying. Nothing wrong with being emotional. What's wrong is if you dwell on it. If you dwell on it, it makes you get flaky. You've got to let it go. Just like Sean Connery told Harrison Ford to let it go, he did. Because he needed to go on with life. Not fall in that pit trying to get the grail. That's just a good theatrical example. But Jesus didn't stay out there weeping all day long, did he? He got back and preached the best message he'd ever preached up till that moment. Many, many people were healed. Many were delivered. Amen. Read it out. Read it in, in the time sequence. Change your life about grief. Now, Jesus told us, uh, and, and again, all these countless other emotions can be strong at times, and we can understand why, because Jesus told us, Blessed are they that mourn, for they shall be comforted. The Lord understands that loss hurts, and He understands all of that. He understands that loss and hurts uh, that we should not be ashamed to express grief. He, he showed us that. 
Jesus does not condemn us, but he said there was comfort for you and for me. Somebody shout amen. amen. And I'm convinced, I am convinced that Jesus not only offers, offers comfort through the person and the presence of the Holy Spirit, but he also, he also offers peace and comfort through the power of his written word, which should be paramount in your life. More than anything else, his written word should be what rules and governs you at all times. Oh, that's one. There's two. So I know better. I listen to so-and-so. You better be listening to Jesus. Amen. Amen. Or the devil just laugh. <laughs> I got him. <laughs> Deception's a serious thing. And Jesus warned in the last days, many will be deceived. Do not be deceived. The devil roars like a roaring lion. He also schemes and says things that are very tasty too. And if you're not careful, you fall into his ball glove and he'll sit there and squeeze that ball and throw you up in the air and catch you. Because when you're deceived, you get yourself in a position to where you're not hearing from God, but you're hearing from something else. Amen. The word, say it with me, the word must be paramount in my life in these last days important. I am convinced that Jesus offers supernatural peace and comfort through the power of the Holy Ghost, but he also, he also offers supernatural peace and comfort through the truth of his word, and it is the truth that sets us free. Now, the Bible makes it very clear that physical death is more of a transition, not a termination. There's a, an element of termination involved in the fact that the physical body cannot continue. Um, sometimes your body can get so worn out it can't continue. And I know some, yes, there, there is creative miracles, and yes, there's opportunities for healing to take place, but sometimes a person gets so tired and so broken that they cannot, in their own faith, latch on to hope to keep suffering and moving forward and get over it. And we as believers should be gracious about that. And not get hung up over, well, they died. Why didn't God do something? He's not the one you need to be upset with. You need to thank God they're walking the streets of gold if you led them to the Lord. Or if they knew the Lord, come on. That's our job anyway is to win the lost. You ever wonder what they preached in, in the early church? Did they have seminars and teach teaching sessions? Nope. They preached the gospel. And that should be an example of our lives. We're supposed to tell people about the kingdom. They taught teaching sessions when the letters came out to the churches. But the churches were preached to to win the lost. Amen. Look it up. I got a message I've been working on. I, I lost track of how many scriptures in the book of Acts tell us that we're supposed to be preaching the gospel. And that is that Jesus came, he died for us, his blood was shed, he broke the curse, and he made a way so that you could be saved and not suffer a sinner's hell or get left behind when the rapture comes. Somebody shout. Amen. Amen. We'll get to that one sometime later. But 
The Bible makes it clear that physical death is a transition more than a termination. There's an element of termination when the physical body seeks functioning, but the Bible describes more than just the, just the body. Uh, the body is an outward man. The Bible describes an inward man. Amen. A spirit, soul, and body. Man is a spiritual being with a soul. He lives inside of a body. And when this body terminates its functioning, it's the spirit of a man or a woman that simply trans, uh, transitions to the presence of the Lord. Amen. And the Bible makes it clear that, uh, that we should understand these things. For the believer, that new location is where I got the title of this series, is a, a wonderful place called heaven. For the believer, that new location is a wonderful place called heaven. Now, when we say that a believer who dies has gone to a better place, that's not just a cliche, that's a fact. Amen. And I want you to know this morning again, heaven's not a dream. It's not. And it's not a place where you're going to lay on your behind and eat grapes and somebody feeds them to you. You're going to work in heaven. And I'll get into that as we do the next message, but there's stuff that we'll be doing. Amen. Every person I've ever heard that's had a dream about heaven, when they uh, saw heaven, everybody was working. Everybody was doing something. Everybody was hearing the word from the Lord himself and getting ready. In fact, uh, one person said, they told me, we're getting ready for you. We're getting ready to ride and come get you. And there's truth in that when you study the scriptures. Amen. So heaven is not a dream. Heaven is not a figment of someone's imagination. Heaven is not a metaphysical abstraction or someone's theological conception. Heaven is not a dream. Heaven is a real place. Amen. I think it's interesting that when dad, before he died, he was seeing the, in the room a veil that he could see people behind the veil, but he couldn't make out who it was. Even in some of Albert Einstein's writings, he had writings about the speed of light that were kind of uncanny. God moves at the speed of light. The earth is an exact duplicate of heaven. The earth is actually, uh, uh, was made the way God intended for it to be, but then the curse came on the earth, right? If you saw heaven, you'd see a lot of similarities that we have now. We know that God sits on the north. That tells me it's a planet. There's so much about heaven that's scriptural, and it just jumps out at you when you think about it. What about, uh, who was it that saw angels going up? And Jacob's ladder. He could see angels going up and down that ladder. His eyes began to see at the speed of light. And he could see supernatural things. Uh, anybody I've ever been around that's passed or passed and came back, they could see things. They could hear things. And I'll get to this towards the end this morning, but heaven's closer than you realize. This is why it's important you live right, that you obey the word, because angels are all around you. There's a reason that there's a cloud of witnesses all around here right now shouting at you saying, go, 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 you got this. 
Amen. But we get into all sorts of weird things that we really, that don't line up with the word. And we need to get to the word and what this is because this is a major benefit that Jesus provided for you and for me. Can you shout amen? Amen. All right, I'm going to go out in my, my world of thinking about this, but it's not a figment of, of your imagination. Paul told us in Philippians 1.23, and that's why there's no note page today. I want you to write down this stuff. Paul said, to depart and to be with Christ is far better in Philippians 1.23. To depart and be with Christ is how, what? Far better. Glory to God. And uh, he also said that if this earthly tent, uh, if this earthly tent that I live in, if it passes and it's destroyed, on the inside I got a building of God, a house not made with hands, my spirit man, that will be eternal in the heavens. Paul said to be absent from this body is to be present with the Lord, not to be present at Shoney's. Amen. <laughs> Eating hot fudge cake. He said to be absent from this body is to be present with the Lord in 2 Corinthians 5, 8. So with all of these thoughts in mind, and if I've got you swimming a little bit, just come on, keep swimming. Just kind of dog paddle there. You'll get there. Uh, but with all this in mind, I just want to share some thoughts about heaven with you this morning and tell you some things. And I got a nice handout for you when you go home that's just scripture after scripture after scripture about who is in heaven and what you will find there. Okay? So, number one, heaven is a place that is free from all the things which cause pain in this life. The scripture we read about these things is Revelation uh, chapter 21, verses 3 through 6. You need to go back so you can write that down? I'm sorry. You got it? Take your phone out, take a picture. Jim's doing that, right? Yeah. I do that a lot at meetings. A lot because I can't see what's on the screen sometimes. <laughs> Here we go. Heaven is a place that's free from all the things which cause pain. Hallelujah. Well, Revelation 21, verses 3 through 6 says, And I heard a loud voice from the throne saying, Now the dwelling of God is with men. Whew, I love it. And he will live with them. They will be his people. And God himself will be with them and be their God. Verse 4. He will wipe every tear from their eyes. There will be no more death or mourning or crying or pain. For the old order of things, whew, glory to God, has passed away. Verse 5, and he was seated on the throne. He who was seated on the throne said, I am making everything new. And then he said, write this down. For these words are trustworthy and true. He said to me, it is done. I am the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end. To him who is thirsty, I will give him drink without cost 
from the spring of the water of life. Woohoo! Doesn't that make you want to shout? Amen. Amen. Man, the Lord made a way for you and me. So good. Hallelujah. Well, so we know that heaven's a place free from all, th all the things which cause pain in this life. What about this? Heaven is a place of perfection. Every time I read this point, I thought about when I wrote it, I, I thought about that movie, uh, Bill and Ted, Perfection. Uh, you know, I can just see it, you know. Uh, you get to heaven, it's going to be whoo, perfection. Everywhere you walk, everywhere you look, perfection. Well, what does that mean? What does that mean, Pastor? Well, it's a place of perfection, not only in the physical sense of no pain and suffering and no more tears, no more crying, you know, nothing but joy, but in the spiritual sense. It's perfection being in the very presence of the Most High God. But, and you need to get this today, it's also in a mental sense in terms of what we'll know perfection really is. Jesus is perfection. Can you say amen? amen? His blood made a way for you to walk in that. Well, in 1 Corinthians chapter 13, uh, verses... Oops, I didn't put that on. So you better write it down. If you want to look it up, go there. It's the New King James. Oh, it is? There it is. Oh, that's right. I had it on the screen. Thank you. <laughs> amen. Not looking. Trying to go fast. Uh, 1 Corinthians chapter 13, verses 9, 10, 9, 9 through 10, and then verse 12, it says, For we know in part, and we prophesy in part. But when perfection comes, the imperfect does what? Mm, man, like being at, the church, at, the, at a Kojic church, the, per, the imperfect disappears. Mm, mm, mm. Think about it. My God. <laughs> and then verse 12. Man, Paul had a revelation here. Now we see but a poor reflection as in a mirror. Then we shall see face to face. Now I know in part, then shall I, that shall, uh, then I shall know fully. How much is fully? You have no conception I mean, we can say it full, that's full measure. But when you get to heaven, it is going to blow your mind, so to speak. Amen. You have no idea. Now I know in part, then I shall know fully, even as I am fully known. You're going to come to such a realization of who you are and everything that you've been given in the ways you've never dreamed of. That's why you need to know more and more now about who you are in Him, abiding in Him. It's important. Jason Peebles, a friend of ours, his dad died, and he, uh, he was a missionary, an ORU grad. He went to heaven in a dream because he was really distraught about his dad dying early. He prayed for him and prayed for him, and he passed. And it hurt him really bad. And Jason told the story that when he got to heaven, he saw his dad, and his dad had a Bible in his hand, a big Bible. He had this uh, notebook thing that was really beautiful, uh, way it was put together, uh, but they talked for a minute, and he looked at Jason, he said, Jason, son, I'm okay. I'm good. It was okay, I was tired. But I gotta go, and you need to go back, because there's so much for you to do. Don't waste it. 
I got to go. See who's walking into the auditorium? And Jason turned and looked down this path that went to the backstage door of this huge, beautiful gold building. And Jesus himself looked at him and smiled and walked into that door. And at that moment, Jason went back, out of, woke up out of his dream. Heaven's real. But his dad knew how important it was. His dad had some things he didn't learn here, evidently. So he was going to class with the master himself. Oh, gosh, can you think about that? Now, 1 John 3, 2 says here, Dear friends, now we are the children of God. And what we will be has not yet been made known. <laughs> but we know that when he appears, we shall be like him. For we shall see him as he is. Amen. Which brings me to number three. Heaven is a gift. Heaven is a gift. Say that with me. Say heaven, heaven. is a gift. We read in John 3, 16, and I'm just going to quote these because a lot of you know these verses, but write it down anyway. Look at it in different translations this afternoon or tonight. But John 3, 16 says, for, and you can probably say it with me, uh, for God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son that whoever believes in him shall not perish but shall have everlasting life. God did that for you through his son. Well, though heaven itself is a place of perfection, perfection on our part is not one of entrance requirements. If it was, none of us would make it. Can I say that again? Heaven itself is a place of perfection, but perfection on my part, on your part, is not one of the entrance requirements. If it was, none of us could make it. But he made a way for you to have citizenship in heaven. To be a citizen of the kingdom. And that's by accepting Jesus as your Lord and Savior. That's why there is forgiveness. Everybody shout forgiveness. forgiveness. Amen. Now you may not know this, but you'll know it when I start quoting it. But Romans 5.8 says this. Romans 5.8, write it down. But God demonstrates his own love for us in this. While we were still sinners, Christ died for all. My God. The benefit package is way beyond your imagination. Anything you can think, beyond any measure, any capacity you could dream up, God is a billion times to the 10th or 20th power more. You have no idea what's about to happen when you pass if Jesus tarries. But it's going to be one big wing ding, buddy. Amen. Amen. And maybe some of your friends at work think you're nuts. Well, I might be a nut, but I'm screwed onto the right bolt. Amen. I know my destination. Hey, the conductor's already walked up and said, Welcome, Jesus. And what's so cool about God? When you got born again, you get to fly first class. Amen. See, eternal life, yes, it's a benefit, but you need to 
write this down today and treasure what I'm about to tell you for the rest of your days. Eternal life is a gift. It was prompted by God's love for you. Eternal life, yes, it's a benefit, but eternal life is a gift. It was prompted by God's love for you. It was purchased by Jesus Christ himself. It was received as a gift. You received it. And it is the basis for your hope this day and every day that you walk this earth. It is the basis for your hope this day and every day that you walk this earth. Because one day, if you're just sleeping and all of a sudden everything changes, maybe the trumpet sounds, either way you're going to have that feeling where it's like, I'm coming out. But it'll be like everything around you gets where you can't see it and you realize you've already left your bed or your chair and you just stepped right into glory that's all around you because you just started moving at the speed of God, the speed of light. Can you comprehend that? Heaven's real. Amen. Well, I want to read you these, and i got to hurry. And then I have a story I want to close with, if I can get through it. I may have to have Melissa read it. But who is in heaven, and what will we find there? And, you know, uh, I'll just tell you, I have these in a handout that I'm going to give to you, so don't panic trying to write as fast as you can. I want you to just look up here and listen, because this is God's news behind the news. This is the truth. Not some theory, not some crazy notion. The scriptures establish that heaven is a real place. So, who is in heaven, and what will we find there? And this is just scriptures. There's, name, uh, there's the book of life that's in heaven. There are names of God's children. That's where they are written. The names of all of his kids are written in that book of life in heaven. And you read about that in Philippians 4, 3 and Revelations 21, 27. There are magnificent creatures that you could never dream up. Dr. Seuss could dream up the things that are in heaven. And he has some weird stuff. Magnificent creatures who worship God perpetually. Over and over and over and over. Some of them are strange when you, when you see them. Some of them have different faces on four different sides. But there are magnificent creatures around God's throne that continually proclaim, according to Revelations 4, 6 through 8, by John's revelation, these creatures, he didn't know what to say about them other than they were magnificent. But they constantly and continually proclaim, Holy, 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 Lord God Almighty, who was and is to come. Holy, 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 Lord God Almighty, who was and is to come. I mean, God's some cool cat, man. And when you see him, you're going to get on your face and suck the rug and declare holy, holy, holy. Amen. 
There's also in heaven elders. Elders. Revelations chapter 4, verses 10 through 11, through 11, we read about there are elders who fall down before God in worship, and they cast down their crowns of gold before the throne, saying, You are worthy, O Lord, to receive glory and honor and power. For you created all things, and by your will they exist and were created. He created you. He created me. Stop and just think about that. That's a little Selah moment right there. Pause and calmly think about that. He made you. You should declare his works and fulfill your days on this planet. He called you to do certain things. Don't play church. Don't play with the things of grace. You ought to do everything you can to fulfill his word in your life. Not live in fear and panic, but be a doer of the word. I believe being a doer of the word is probably the most important thing before the rapture comes. I really do. And I may get into that as we finish the next couple pieces of this teaching, but uh, being a doer of the word should be a priority in your life. It should be a priority. What else? The, the redeemed uh, are in heaven. The redeemed. Who is that? Who? I don't have to pay $300 to go into the magic kingdom for three days. My tickets, sure. The blood's washed me clean. I am the redeemed. Say it with me. Say, I'm the redeemed of the Lord. Well, well, if you are, then those saved through God's mercy, you're going to be in heaven. Whoo, that's something to shout about. Those who have been redeemed, purchased by the blood of Jesus, they're going to be in heaven. Somebody say it, hallelujah, like Brother R.W. would say. Somebody say hallelujah. <laughs> Glory to God. <laughs> I mean, them, those people, you and me, the Bible says from all nations, all tribes, all people, and all tongues, Revelation 7, 9. These will cry out to the Lamb of God, shouting and crying out, You have made us kings and priests to our God, and we shall reign on the earth. Revelations chapter 5 and verse 10. I'll tell you something else, just throwing it out there. There's a lot of things you'll learn from the teachings you'll see there and here. But there'll be a lot of things that will just be yours and you'll have. And that will amaze you. I don't want to go too far with that. The Apostle John was allowed to see heaven and record what he saw in the book of Revelation. He saw a large number of the redeemed in heaven. It wasn't just a few people from a specific denomination. God saw a, John saw a great multitude which no one could number of all nations, tribes, peoples, and tongues standing before the throne and before the Lamb clothed in white robes with palm branches in their hands and crying out with a loud voice saying, Salvation belongs to our God who sits on the throne and to the Lamb. Revelation chapter 7, verses 9 through 10. What else is there, Pastor? I'm getting excited. I hope you are. Holy angels are there. Angels are all around the throne. John describes the number of them as 10,000 times 10,000 and thousands upon thousands upon thousands upon thousands. 
And these angels praised Jesus with a loud voice saying, Worthy is the Lamb who was slain to receive power and riches and wisdom and strength and honor and glory and blessing. Revelation chapter 5, verse 11 and 12. You know, there's beauty and gloriousness in heaven beyond description. And John, the Apostle John, gave us these following details uh, about heaven that we read in the book of Revelations. And I'm going to run through these because you'll have the handout, but every one of these comes from the New Living Translation in the book of Revelations. And here they are. This is the beauty and gloriousness we're going to see that's beyond description. The one sitting on the throne was as brilliant as gemstones, jasper and carnelian. And the glow of an emerald circled his throne like a rainbow. In the front of the throne was a shiny sea of glass, sparkling like crystal. I saw before me what seemed to be a crystal sea mixed with fire. There's beautiful music in heaven. And I'll tell you, uh, when you go look at uh, the Greek and stuff, there's beautiful music and it's everywhere all the time and it's loud. So get over your flesh. Revelations 14, 2 and verse 3 says, And I heard the sound from heaven like a roaring of a great waterfall or the rolling of mighty thunder. It was like the sound of many harpists playing together. This great choir sang a wonderful new song in front of the throne of God. Think about, we went to Niagara Falls and it was loud. If you've been there, it's loud. If you've hiked in the Smokies and gone to Abrams Falls and near Cates Cove or somewhere else, it's loud next to a waterfall. You have no idea how loud praise is going to be in heaven. And my God, just think when Jesus, I'm just kind of, you know, being pastor here. He just, what if he rises up out of the stage in that big old shiny purple robe? You talk about loud. You talk about light show. You can't dream of whatever rock and roll show you went to when you were younger. You have no idea what it's going to be like in heaven. And you didn't have to smoke dope to get there. Isn't that cool? (laughs) Amen. The tree of life is in heaven. John said that, that this tree bore 12 fruits and each tree yielding its fruit every month. The leaves of the tree were healing for the nations. Revelations 22, 2. The New Jerusalem is, is described as the holy city. Descending out of heaven from God, it was filled with the glory of God and sparkled like a precious gem, crystal like the jasper. Revelations 21, 10 and 11. Uh, and I love this. This is cool. The walls of the city of God, the holy city, are 216 feet thick. The wall of this city has 12 foundation stones which are the written names of the twelve apostles of the Lamb. The walls are made of jasper, and the foundation stones of the wall are inlaid with twelve different types of precious gems. There are twelve gates to the city, three on each side, the north, the south, the east, and the west, and an angel guards each gate. The names of the twelve tribes of Israel are written on the gates. Each of the twelve gates is made from one single pearl. That is some kind of oyster, buddy. Man, 
Each one of the gates is made from one single pearl. We are told that the gates never close at the end of the day because there is no night in heaven. And that nothing evil, say that, say nothing evil, will be allowed to enter. <laughs> That's why Jesus, when he taught us to pray, pray my will be done on this earth as it is in heaven. I got to thinking last night and this morning, when I pray, your prayers rise as what? Incense unto who? Unto God. Think our prayers when we, this is why we ought to be praying people. Some of us don't take seriously our, our prayer life. We need to. Because our prayer life's a sweet fragrance unto the king. Wow. The angel that was with John, when he was seeing all this, had a golden measuring stick. In Revelation 21, 16, it says, when he measured it, he found it was square as wide as it was long. In fact, it was in the form of a cube, for its length and width and height were each 14,000 miles, or 1,400 miles. That's big. Revelation 28, 18, and 21 says, and the city was pure gold, as clear as glass. That's some sweet gold right there. And the main street was pure gold and as clear as glass. I believe my, our brother, our friend, our, our regional director, I believe he was walking on <laughs> the uh, streets of gold because when David would get a big hearty laugh, <laughs> that's what he was doing in that room, from what I understand. Streets of gold. Well, according to Revelations 21 and verse 23, the city has no need of a sun or a moon, for the glory of God illuminates the city, and the Lamb is its light. Now, those are fantastic descriptions, aren't they? But let me tell you a story. If you have grieved over something and hung on to it, I want to tell you something I've shared with many people. I shared it with my stepmom, Juanita, in here. Um, when was it? Saturday night? Uh, at, at, no, no, it, I shared it in here uh, Friday night after the rehearsal dinner. I said, you know, Juanita, it's good when you're grieving that you uh, get into a habit of journaling. I like to journal. I like to take a scripture I'm reading, and I'll look it up in different things, and I'll write my thoughts about that. That's journaling. Um, now what's his name at Karis Bible, Bible College? Who's the big, huh? Andrew Womack. Andrew Womack. Uh, he talks about journaling. Uh, uh, Pastor Bob Yandian talks about it. And these are powerful men of God. Rick Renner grew up under uh, Pastor Bob. Uh, there's a lot of deep things you learn if you take the time. Even the Bible says to uh, chew on the word. I, I'm paraphrasing it, but when you study it, that's what it means. Meditate upon. Day and night. Observe to do it. You, you, you allow it to speak to you. If you've grieved about something and you can't seem to let it go, let me tell you a, a trick that'll help you. Write a diary to the person you've lost. 
And I'm going to tell you about an evangelist who worked for Billy Graham. Lighton Ford was an evangelist. He, he worked many years as an associate to Reverend Graham. His son Sandy died an untimely death. And in spite of his strong faith, Lighton struggled with that loss. He deeply grieved. Even though he fully understood that he could not literally communicate with his departed son, and it might be somebody close to you, you, couldn't, you, could, you can't literally communicate with them. Lighten, for him, he decided, since he couldn't communicate with his son, that he would keep a journal in which he wrote imaginary conversations with his son. And he based his writings on the things he knew about heaven. And it was his way of expressing things that were on the inside of him. And it helped him to bring closure to the precious relationship. I mean, he knew he was going to see Sandy again. He just didn't know how or when. But he knew it. Well, he kept this big journal. And in one of his imaginary conversations, these are the words that he wrote. Sandy, I sure do miss you. I think about you more now than I did when you were here on the earth. I know you do, Dad, and I hear those thoughts. I guess I'm just afraid that as our time goes here on the earth that I'll lose the sense of nearness that we once had. And his son in his writing responded, but why, why? It's just like one big long day here, Dad. And besides that, you're not moving away from me. You're moving towards me. And the wall between us, Dad, is so thin that you would laugh if you could see through it. And Lighton finished writing and said, Thanks, son. It's getting late. I better get to bed. Sandy? Enjoy the stars. Sandy wrote back to him, said, Dad, it's day here all the time. Enjoy the light. As I close here right now, I want to encourage you that are here. You need to believe the word above all else. Because it's the word that sets the course for your life and for your existence. It's the word of God that Jesus paid a high price for to fulfill, and that's why you're supposed to be a doer of it. And if you're here today or if you're watching online, because this is one of those messages, boy, if we had all the lost in here, it'd make a big difference in this city, wouldn't it? why we're supposed to compel them to come. But if you're watching online and if you've never placed your trust in the Lord Jesus, the one who lived a sinless life, who died for our sins on the cross, who rose from the dead, you need to realize heaven for you and, and, and me, is, it's really not that far off. Amen. Jesus died for you so that you could have this benefit of knowing that you know that you know 
that whether the trumpet sounds and the Lord returns or whether, you know, you live out all your days, you'll see him one day face to face. So if you're here today and you want to be a part of this wonderful place called heaven one day, you want to live the good life while you're here on this earth doing the things of God, I'm giving you an opportunity and I invite you right now in the quietness of your own heart to ask Jesus into your heart. If you're watching online and you've never said the words, Jesus, come into my heart, make me brand new. Today is the best day of your life. And I'd ask for all of us today to pray together and to make Jesus your Savior and Lord. Would all of us pray together? And if you're watching today and you need Jesus in your life, you pray as well in faith. Say these words with me. Say, Heavenly Father, in the name of Jesus, I believe that you sent your Son who walked this earth, who was arrested, beaten, bleeding, who was nailed to a cross and died for me, who in three days was raised from the dead. I believe. I ask you to forgive me. Jesus, I ask you to be my Savior and my Lord and come into my heart. Make me brand new. From this moment forward, I will never be the same again. Sin, I renounce you. You are no longer a part of my life. Jesus, I live for you. I am born again. Thank you for saving me. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Amen. Did you learn something today? Well, next Sunday, uh, uh, there's a chapter.